You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. Some of you know my mother was here. Uh, My mother-in-law is here now, but last month my mother was here from America, and we had gone to Incheon Airport to pick her up, and it was my first chance to go to the new terminal, Terminal 2, uh, which just opened in time for the Winter Olympics this past winter. It looks nice. Everything's very new. Uh, As we were walking back toward where the car was parked, I decided I wanted to go into one of those convenience stores that they have at the airport to get a couple of bottles of water for the trip back. And just as I turned to do so, suddenly I was surrounded by 40 or 50 Korean teenage girls and all of them had their phones out and were filming. I didn't realize I was so popular. Although it didn't take me too long to figure out that they weren't there for me. Clearly they had surrounded uh, some sort of K-pop star that had just come through the airport exit and he was making his way out to the transportation area. Every step that he took, the whole group that was surrounding him on all sides shuffled along with him. These young women, they were not screaming. They were not saying his name even. They were actually in awed silence. There was no sound at all among the group as they moved along. Now as for me, I was just a little annoyed because they blocked my way into the store. I had to walk around them. And I looked on with uh, maybe some curiosity, uh, thinking it was all a little bit silly. I can't tell you who the celebrity or the K-pop star was because, well, two reasons. Uh, For one, he was wearing a mask to cover his face, but the other reason I can't tell you is because I don't know the name of a single K-pop star. Uh, To me, they all look the same. I'm not really sure what separates one from the other. So this got me thinking. The same event can be perceived so differently by two different people. For the girls who were there chasing this star, this was a very meaningful moment. Maybe even the best moment of their lives up to that point. Getting so close to their idol. For me, it was just an annoyance, something funny or silly to look at. Although I've been here long enough in Korea to at least understand what I was seeing. I understood what was happening. But my mother, having just arrived, she had no clue what was happening. My mother was like, what's going on? I'm so confused. She had even less clue about what was happening. The same thing and three different levels of understanding. Three different levels of how meaningful this is. Well, Jesus fed the 5,000, and that's the number of the men only, so you can add women and children, and you would know that it's perhaps 10 or even 15,000 there. That's a pretty large group. Normally, when Jesus performs a miracle in the Gospel of Mark, 
we are told about the people's reaction. Usually it says something like they were astonished or the people marveled at Jesus. But this time we don't hear about any such reaction. It's probably because for the majority of the people, they had no idea that a miracle had even taken place. If you think about it from the ground level, from the level of just the random person in the crowd, and there's maybe 10,000 people around, and everyone's trying to hear Jesus speak, there's no microphones back then, but there's all sorts of distractions around you too, closer by. You notice the people that are near you. Uh, This happens to me uh, with baseball. When I watch baseball on television, I see every single pitch, and I notice, is it a strike, is it a ball? But when I go to a stadium to watch a baseball game, I see like 10 pitches out of the whole game. Sometimes there are three outs, and I didn't even notice what happened in the whole inning, because I'm distracted by all of the things that are closer to me, the people all around me. Some guy's eating a hot dog, and I watch ketchup spill all over his shirt. And then there are vendors walking up and down the stairs. In Korea, they have cheerleaders as well. That's something else that's a distraction. I notice the sky. I notice the weather. I smell the food that's cooking. I look in the dugout of the teams and see the players interacting with one another. There's so much to see other than the game itself. And that's what it would have been like to be in this crowd of 10,000 people around Jesus. They might not even have been close enough to see him at all. Then they're told to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. And all they know is that someone came around with bread and fish and they got their fill. They didn't know that it started as five loaves and two fish. All they know is that they ate and they had some leftover and someone came by with baskets and picked up what was left. The disciples, they knew. They knew what had happened because they were closer to Jesus. They saw the whole thing. They were the ones distributing the bread and the fish. And they picked up the leftover pieces. For them, this must have been completely astonishing, shocking. Marvelous. When for the others, it was ordinary, maybe even boring. Just a meal of bread and fish. What a difference in perspective. What a difference in how the same event is perceived. And it has to do, it has to do with what do you know? Who do you know? How close are you to Jesus? I think this can play out sometimes at the Lord's table here. Some people come forward and they take the bread and they take the wine and and they don't really know what's happening. They just come forward because someone's handing out bread. They don't know that it's a miracle. They don't know that they're receiving the bread of life. They don't know that Christ's body is being multiplied among millions of churches throughout the world. That it is for our sustenance. It's for the forgiveness of sins, we are told. They don't know. They just see the bread and the wine because they're at a distance. They're in the crowds. And the difference there is knowledge. The difference there is how close are you to the Lord? 
For me, the Lord's Supper each week is a great miracle. The forgiveness of sins is a miracle each week. When Jesus fed the 5,000, it was something miraculous, but it was wrapped in the mundane, in the ordinary, just regular old loaves of bread and fish, but stretched to feed thousands. And the Lord's Supper is the same thing, something extraordinary wrapped in ordinary things. And it only makes sense when you know or when you've been taught, when you've listened, when you've examined your own heart and you understand your need for this meal of forgiveness. It means something when you know that you are sheep in need of a pasture. It means something when you know that you need a good shepherd, that you are in need of a meal to sustain you. And really, those crowds that were chasing the K-pop idol and those crowds that were chasing Jesus are not so different from one another. Both crowds, both groups, are in search of meaning. They're in search of hope. They're in search of some sort of purpose in their life. The K-pop industry is a big business. They don't sell music. They sell a product. And this is a product that is the same as any other type of product. It's mass-produced. It's factory-made. It's tested, quality-controlled. It's selling a dream. It's selling a lifestyle. It's an aspiration for young people. Now, eventually, most people grow up and they see the dream kind of evaporate. The idols that they care so much about don't care so much about them. And the tables that produce the idols, well, those care even less about the target consumers. And it's not just Korea. It's the same everywhere. I was watching an interview with a, an American rock star, Billy Corgan. He was lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. He said when he started to get big, he came out to Los Angeles and he met with these record executives, these music producers. They're in this big boardroom and they kept calling his music the product. They said, when are we going to put the product out? What time are we going to release this product? And he got upset. He said, hey, this is my art. This is my music. That's when he realized, hey, this is a business. This isn't about me. And as quickly as you go out of favor, they will push you to the side. The crowds that were following Jesus were on to something a little bit more meaningful. He saw them. He had compassion on them. He taught them deep and meaningful spiritual truths. And finally, at the end, he fed his sheep, showing himself to be Lord. Uh, one Lutheran theologian uh, who's pretty famous, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was describing what the crowds were like, the crowds that were seeking out Jesus. And he said, what does it look like when there are these sheep with no shepherd? He said this, there were questions, but there were no answers. Distress, but no relief. Anguish of conscience, but no deliverance. Tears, but no consolation. Sin, but no forgiveness. 
And this describes not just the people that Jesus encountered on that day. This describes all people everywhere. Everyone is in search of the Good Shepherd. Just most people don't know it. Everyone, every human being is made in the image of God. And so they intuitively search for God during their lives. So everyone finds a God somewhere. Whether it's a carved stone statue or a K-pop idol, everyone ends up worshiping something. And smart corporations, they'll, they'll know how to exploit this felt need in people, this need for meaning, and they'll package a product and claim that this is going to meet those needs that you have, but it never does. People in the end are still left wandering in a desert place, left without true food, without true love, and without truth. This is why Jesus looked at the crowd and felt compassion. And this is why he continues to feed us and continues to sustain us by offering not just bread and fish, but his very own body and his very own blood under the bread and the wine each week. And this is a meal that has no end. It's called the marriage feast of the Lamb. It never stops. It goes to eternity. And it actually delivers what it promises. Instead of offering everything but giving nothing, it does the opposite. It gives everything. And this is a meal that you are invited to each and every week. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.